If I could see you with his eyes, with his memories, what would I see? How would I know that? What do you hope I would see? How do you wish he would remember you? You mean if he had survived me rather than the other way around? I hope he would remember Jean-Luc Picard as someone who believed in him, who believed in his potential, celebrated his successes, counseled him when he fell short, helped him if he needed help, and if he didn't need it, got out of his way. Words to that effect. He loved you. Hey, 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 hello, Popheads, and welcome to issue 81 of the TomCast Popcast. We are still in the hermetically sealed bubble within the Tom Cave, and that's the safest place for us to be right now. Uh, we are back for another Star Trek Picard breakdown episode. This is for episode 8. We're almost there, folks. This is uh, 8 of 10 episode, episodes. That sounds very Borgish of me to say 8 of 10. Uh, but this is episode 8 of 10 for season 1 of Star Trek Picard, and... Uh, this is an episode that really, really, really just ratchets up the the, the action and the and the and the, the forward momentum with the plot is is heading at, at warp nine point three. We're we're just we're we're on our way, folks. This is episode again. This is episode eight. It's titled "Broken Pieces" and it's written by Michael Chabon, who is the executive producer and uh, showrunner for season one of Picard. And this is uh, this episode is directed by uh, Maja. Vrillo, I think I say, I hope I am saying your name correctly. And uh, let's just do the usual business before we kind of dive into the episode. Uh, please follow this small, awesome, independent local popcat podcast, popcast podcast on the social medias. We're streamlined now. It's at Tomcast Popcast on Twitter and on Instagram. You can email the show, TomcastPopcast at gmail.com. And you can join Pophead Nation at Tom, excuse me, at patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopCast. And you can become a super appreciated member of Pophead Nation, like the awesome Aspen Hill Chody, the Squid Master General, Mr. Brian Broussard, and the Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Nail. He is also in a hermetically sealed bubble at the moment as he fends off the coronavirus, his arch nemesis, at least for the time being. Again, you are listening to a Star Trek Picard episode breakdown. I can't thank you guys enough for, for sitting here and listening to this. I don't think all of you guys are big Star Trek fans. <laughs> but if, if, if you've put up with us so far, hey, we're almost there. And uh, I appreciate it so, so very, very much you guys indulging me on my uh, fascination with Picard and, and Star Trek in general. So I'm, I'm joined once again by my good friend Reagan Myers. And... Uh, I don't know what else to say, but we're going to get into it. I haven't really talked to him so much about this episode. I just know that his his, his general feelings are, are strong in favor of this episode. And so we're going to talk about it, and that's the conversation for you for today. Again, we're doing it via Skype, so I hope that the quality of these, these shows is uh, is satisfactory for you guys, that uh, you're able to hear the audio well, and it's coming through nice and clear. And with that, I think we're just going to dive into it, folks. So thank you so much for listening already. I'll check back in with you at the end of my conversation with Reagan. Am I back? You're back. All right. Yeah, but I went to Target and they had like four loaves of bre- bread left on the shelves. No yep. soups. And I was like, people, it's not happening tomorrow. I, you know, the, the herd mentality of people, you know? Yeah, but you could feel the panic. Walk yeah. in stores, and they canceled, you know, school out here for two weeks. Oh, they're canceling everything, man! All, all of our, all the TV shows, all the movies, everything. Everybody stopped production on everything. Sports, which is a great time for sports. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess you could watch the UFC. They're still gonna go. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it. Can't get into it. Tried. Fighters change out too fast. Like no one has a good guy. gimmick. There's no good gimmicks in the UFC. Yeah, that's true. I did watch uh, SmackDown last night with no fans in it. 
wrestling with no fans is a weird fucking show. I <laughs> I was hoping to YouTube that. I was very curious how that looked. I, I I've heard uh, strange uh, feelings on 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 the Twitters. Oh, not a good show, but it's weird to watch people cut promos to nobody. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine. All right. But but you guys like, are doing you guys are doing okay, right? Like uh, yourselves. Yeah, yeah, everybody's fine so far. No one has it. That's good news. I think everybody all right in San Diego. You know the people I care about, which is everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean so far so good. Uh, 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 there's only a handful of cases that are that have been reported out here. Um, but you know it, it's a it's a concern. People are freaking the fuck out. So that's interesting to watch. Yeah, yeah. Some bars are closing, some aren't. It's 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 very, very strange. I'm so worried about the bar industry <laughs> and like <laughs> like mom and pop restaurants. Like I know Fridays will be fine. Yeah. But like local shit, I worry about. No. It, I mean, it, it's 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 you know the, over the weekend is is my busy time for work, so I'm definitely be making an effort during the week when I have some time off to finally go and support some local places. So because I I do enjoy that, and you gotta re- you gotta think. I mean. People just aren't going out right now very much. You know, they're they're going to the store, but you know, they're yeah, not. They're not like you said, they're not supporting local right now. Let me tell you, Walmart and Target were insane places to be this week, and I yeah. went during non-peak times. Yeah, don't forget where I work. <laughs> I know. I'm sure I was bananas. I was in an Aldi this also this week, and that was fine. <laughs> Aldi was just normal. Oh. Mark was pissed. He texted me last night. He's like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, Mark is often like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. I was like, that's not, like, I was like, is that more nervous or less nervous? True. All right. Everyone's good, though. That's good news. So let, let's yeah. let's talk about what we're here for, man. The 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 man of the hour. Uh, for our former, former Admiral Jean-Luc Picard. What What were your overall impressions of this episode? Uh, I love this episode. Rewatching it, Picard doesn't do a whole lot or say a whole lot this episode. Right. He's in this a lot of about like two minutes. Yeah, it, it was a little strange how little he he has to do in this episode. But I think one of my one of my biggest takeaways from it is that maybe this is the first time we're, we are kind of seeing Picard as we remember Picard. Right. You know, he's he's much more, or uh, much less the doting old man that we've seen kind of leading up to this, and he's he's a bit more of the the captain and the that that we all madly madly love. Right. I think he's gone. I think he's just the old man now who can't fly ships anymore. <laughs> We'll have to talk about that later. But I, I the the, the the way he conducts himself um, in, in the two big scenes that he's in, you know, with, with Soji when they're eating together. Yeah. Again, you get like that, those kind of flashes of, of the Picard that we know and love so much. And mm-hmm. then the, the kind of, you get, you get kind of like the stern Picard uh, when he's talking to Girardi in the, in the sick bay and they're, and, you know, and they're wow. starting to piece everything together. And again, it's, it's not the same Picard that we, grew up with necessarily but you're, you're seeing him more confident more self-assured and not just arrogant and hub- you know full of hubris and stuff like that yeah oh, that just reminded me of that's admiral Sorry. well we'll, we'll talk I about know, her too. I, know, I know we'll get to it i got a note on it right here but but there was half a second i mean there was there was half a second at the beginning of the episode where i thought that maybe i was like oh man picard doesn't learn squat from hanging out with the rikers because <laughs> you know when he, when he first kind of uh, casts aspersion on, on more of Rafi's theories, but he buys in. He 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 does a, he comes around. He buys in, and that's so. My biggest takeaway is, is that that Picard's got a bit more of that Picard that we have been wanting to see for eight episodes. Right. The other the other big takeaway I had was uh, all the speculation that you and I had yet last week about Captain Crandall was a waste of fucking time. Right. <laughs> And that spinoff series is going to be incredible. <laughs> like, how do you talk about a character, a person this much on a show and then we never see them? 
I don't know. I don't get what what all those lines of time. I guess they just needed to have somebody to push the story forward. I, they, they needed someone to solve the mystery of where they're going, I guess. Yeah. Even though it seems pretty reasonable that like eventually we Soji would have got us there, but whatever. <laughs> she knew already, and like I'm sure there's a Federation database that she could be like, where you know where is this, and it would give her like four or five options, and one would click a an Android circuit in her brain. She'd be like, oh, that's home. Home. Yeah, and uh, this this episode obviously is very loaded with, uh, I guess, vital plot information. You know, we, we finally yeah, start to get great. some understanding on things. A ton of information is given to us in this movie. Yeah, Third not movie. not all of it makes sense, but it's it's there. Oh, yeah, that's true. Like, so, like, starting at the beginning with um, four, or is it fourteen years ago? I think it was it fourteen was years ago. Yeah. So, all right, quick question. 14 years ago, is O in Starfleet at this point, 14 years ago? Great question. It seems like the answer is yes. Okay. Because she would have to be to be able to implement this plan. Yeah, I, w- I would imagine it's going to take some time to become the head of Starfleet security. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, background checks must be shit. But she's half Romulan, so I'm, I'm taking credit for calling her out as a Romulan. Well, they did call her half Vulcan, half Romulan on the episode. I'm taking, I'm taking that as a win. No, fair, fair enough. They've been playing fast and loose with who's a Romulan and who's a Vulcan on this show for a little while now. Uh, and like, so that the what is it of the eight that Rafi talks about? That's the planets. Yeah, like, the, the was it the Confederation of Eight or something like that, or the yeah, something like that. Yeah, it turns out it's not people. It, it's it's uh, these eight suns that were brought together. Well, that's what when the episode started and they saw all the people standing in the circle. I was trying to count them, like, be like oh, there are eight of them there, but there's like eleven counting O. So I was like, nope, that's yeah. not it. Well, and, and aside from, uh, so we go to this planet. This planet is called, it's called Aya, the the grief world that apparently the Romulans know about, and there's this ancient technology there, which to me. And I've kind of been getting this vibe. I forget if we've talked about it much uh, on, on the podcast, but with this particular episode, with this like random alien artifact that kind of gives yeah. these these the Jadvash the 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 memories of the civilization from millions of years ago, where the AI rises up, I was like, Jesus Christ, yeah. it's Mass Effect. Well, it, it's that. Do you think this is control? From it can't be. I, I, you watch Discovery all season. Yeah, two. no, it, it can't be control. Control might have figured out time travel. Like, I don't know if they're trying to make that connection to the Discovery show. I certainly hope not. Oh, I hope not as well. Um, also, there are these things in this universe that can tell the future. They're called Orbs of the Prophet. <laughs> I, was afraid you're gonna, Space Nine. I was afraid you were going to bring up time crystals from Discovery, which I'm not really a fan of uh, that plot device either <laughs> no, I'm, not. I'm I'm saying I'm pretty sure there's an orb that they show in Deep Space Nine that shows you the future probably <laughs> sorry excuse me on that one Woo. yeah I, like I was just like watching this episode I was like wouldn't someone just like double check it with that orb again you, you can't use too much logic on some of these things but it, no, it but the, the flashback plays out interestingly. It's it's pretty neat the way they these Jadvash members. Now I'll, I'm I'm assuming they're all Jadvash, right? That seems yeah, to be the yeah. like this Jadvash initiation kind of deal, right? So before I get too much into what happens, I do have a one tiny question. It's no, they're no. all females. Yeah. Does that mean Narek is not Jadvash? Maybe only females can see this vision. Maybe I don't. I, so, like I said, I, I still have questions. We have a lot of information, but not necessarily all the answers we need. He might not be Java. Like he might just be. Oh, she are. Yeah. Or maybe because we, we do find that Narissa's at this this conclave, so maybe right. she recruits her brother as like her operative, perhaps. Maybe that's why she's all like bossing him around. I wish she wouldn't <laughs> do it so creepily, but. Well, luckily he's not on the station anymore, so they can stop having like simulated sex with each other. 
Can they? <laughs> you know what else I would <laughs> I'm jumping ahead a little bit here too, but I was actually really excited to see uh Narissa use her little ear earpiece Bluetooth thing to make a phone call. Yeah. I was like, I finally, was like, oh, you know what this is for? <laughs> I was like, oh that's good. That is what it is. Yeah, I was excited about that. Me too. But back to the flashback. So everyone has to put their hands on this artifact and they all get the visions of the ancient civilization that had AI rise up and they had to destroy it because it didn't go well. And no. I I enjoyed the reactions that a lot of people have because O is there and she warns them. Like, this is yeah. going to make some of you go go bananas. And go bananas they do. You know, one bird face off. Yeah. <laughs> instant suicide with a phaser to the head. See, the, my thing was like it's it's very bird box when you see the monster you just kill yourself. Why didn't all of them just shoot themselves? Like why did they each have to find their own specific suicide way? The one smashing your head into rocks and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I was like that just seems like it would take forever, <laughs> and you got to be really dedicated. I was like just. Just disrupt yourself in the face. It's over. It's it's television, I guess. Yes, you had to see the different kinds of madness that it, it was. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but visually, it's very good. But our our girl Narissa is the only one who holds onto the artifact the entire time and is getting blown back by it. She seems to be the only one who really processes what she saw. And but we also find out that she's there with with Ramda, the the Romulan, who was assimilated. And we assume that's that's what happens with the Borg when they assimilate that that ship that uh, Soji's that's looking into. Why, that's why it shut down, I think. Yeah, it, the, it, the collective saw that prophecy, and I guess it made the collective freak the fuck out. Now, of all those Borgs they rescued, because they're all kind of crazy, have they all seen the vision of those Romulans that were assimilated? Again, that's a really good question. Like that's why I thought they were getting at like. They were transporting that ship of crazy Romulans who weren't dead from it, but were barely alive. And then that got assimilated. And they're like, oh, we just assimilated a bunch of crazy people right, into our collective. That's not good. That's not good. And it, it, no, I, another interesting uh, colloquialism that they use in the show was, was uh, Narissa referring to Ramda as auntie, which I thought was very strange. Uh, my wife refers to, you know, elders as auntie, so. <laughs> I know, it just, weird. it just seemed weird for Romulans. And, I, you know, uh, we're used to, I mean, we've, uh, again, I, this is one of those things that I think is for people who aren't Star Trek fans like you and I are, who grew up with it. Because, I mean, we, we hear Klingons and we hear Ferengi refer to relatives by a more Romulan or, yeah, or not Romulan, Klingon or Ferengi-esque name. I can't remember what war. I guess Auntie just sounds very Earth to me. Yeah. Not a a, a tiny nitpick. A tiny triple quibble. Yeah, that's a little one. I mean, we're gonna have bigger triple quibbles later. <laughs> uh, so past okay, uh, past this scene though, what do, what do you what do you want to get into next? Do we go character by character again, or do you just want to kind of follow the arc of the episode? Uh, let's, let's just start going beat by beat, and then we're just going to jump anyway. <laughs> yeah. We won't jump around. So, yeah, I mean, we do see flashes of the prophecy and, you know, planets blowing up. And this is why the Romulans, they, uh, you know, want to destroy all artificial life. This is so, apparently their quest. Quick question. Yes, it's sir. vision makes you go crazy, right? When O showed it to Girardi, was there a chance she was, could commit suicide? They do. She does talk about that as something that she thinks about every day now. So I would I, perhaps O was able to kind of tamp it, the intensity down a level or two, so that she was able to convert her as an agent. I'm not sure. And it was just something I just thought of. I was like, could she have just been like, Ugh! and then blown her brains out? And then like, oh, there goes my spy. Well, luckily she didn't have a phaser handy. So, and there must not have been any rocks nearby. I don't know. She strangles herself with her earbuds. Or... They were wireless. Oh, right. Of course. <laughs> if they had wired technology in the future, I'd lose my mind. <laughs> we barely have yeah, that shit like, now. We're flying his hologram spaceship, and she's got, uh, you know, corded earbuds. <laughs> I mean... 
Walkman are name dropped in this episode. They sure are. That was interesting, right? Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay. Like, if he's into music, like, wouldn't he have a record player? Like, better sound quality, aren't they? Like, he wants the shitty sound quality of a tape deck. Yeah. So just just following up there real quick with the Narissa and the Ramda angle of the story, we we do obviously we find out that they are related, and we we actually go to the present and we see Narissa kind of taking care of Ramda, who's recovering from her, her nervous breakdown that she had with Soji. So what's that? She evacuated off the cube, the the auntie. Hopefully. I mean, it seems like she likes her. I think so. I don't think they have time for that shit. We'll see. It's, it is interesting that, uh, it's an interesting scene, the, the context it provides for the two characters. You know, we don't really know much about Nurse other than she's kind of a creep. <laughs> but she seems to like her aunt. And she seems to want to be a Borg in some way, which is interesting. Yeah, well, she thinks she'd make a good Borg, which I agree with. The amount of personality she's shown, even for a Romulan. <laughs> like, you know, at least most Romulans we've seen, like Tomalak, and like most of them are passionate. I mean, portrayed as evil, but they just believe in what they believe. She is more robotic than anything. Yeah, that's true. In this episode. Yeah, and, and, and it's funny. In a lot of ways, she is sort of Vulcan-ish in the way that she's kind of tamped down her emotions to, to a certain extent. Right. To an extent. To an extent. So where does it go next? Are we on the ship? We're still in the, we, we stay in the cube because they're trying to find Elnor, who's hiding out in... I guess right. he's off. Oh, she puts the thing in and she's like, tell me you found the freak, which I was like, why is he a freak? He's in another cult that you're in a cult too. Like, I guess my, my assumption was because he's a, he's a, he's a male in a female cult. So he's a freak. See, mine was like, cause he has complete candor or, yeah. you know, and that's probably really freaky to the Romulans. Let me ask you about that scene because uh, the next scene is it's it they're 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 coming to get Elnor. There's a big fight scene. It's a pretty cool fight scene. It's a um, fight. But but there's a, a at one point they they fire like they they kind of uh, hit him with like a like a flash grenade sort of thing. Right. Do you think he recovers quickly? Well, that was my question. Does he recover quickly, or is he actually fighting blind and he's just that good? Well, that's, I wish they had gone to or like done like some strobe. So you, re- you know, so like, kind of like a POV strobe. Yeah. You can see, like, maybe he has some vision. Or, but, yeah, he still whoops ass for not being able to see. And... But they, did, they do eventually get, get him with their numbers. And then that's when our, our good friend Seven of Nine shows up to save the day. Brilliant in this episode as well. Like, woo! <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, Jerry Ryan's just been fire on this, on this whole oh, show, man. so... Doesn't get a spinoff of this shit. I'm gonna be furious. I did. I did really like uh, Elnor's reaction to her arrival, like the way he kind of like embraces her and stuff like that. Oh, I loved it. I was like, you guys weren't that close, but that he's just so happy to be alive. Well, and you got to real. I mean, I, I would assume it's it's been a little while since since Hugh was killed. So I mean, he's been on that cube and he's been hunted probably for a, quite a bit. Yeah, be my it thinking. It just reminded me of Scrooge when Bill Murray comes off the elevator and Bobcat Goldthwait's there, and he's like, "I'm alive, and so are you." <laughs> That's what it reminds me. Shotgun in your pocket? Or are you happy to see me? <laughs> Get rid of that big boy. <laughs> no, you're 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 right about that. Uh, so what happens next? And uh, because we're we're gonna get back to our main crew here with what happens next. I ha- and I have we I have to ask, or actually I have to say this first as a I'm going to say a declarative statement right now. This is hands down the best Rafi episode we've seen. 1,000%. I think Rafi's so good in this episode. He's great in it. So is Rios. Right. And that's like, – Rios, above all else, is fantastic. Or all of you know, all, all of Rios is fantastic. Like, I was like, oh, my God. He worked so hard on this episode. <laughs> Just in that one scene, I was like, God, he must be tired. I was – I admit to being rather confused at first, his initial reaction to seeing Soji. Oh, no, I knew exactly what was going on. Really? <laughs> Except I thought they had banged. I thought 
He saw her. She was a crew member on that ship that was lost. Okay. They were, that's what, like, when he was pulling a picture out, I was expecting it to be a picture of the two of them, not the captain. Okay, yeah. It, I, 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 okay, I'm, I'm kind of in the same. I'm kind of in the same train of thought as you were on that. I, my, my, I was like, okay, there's some kind of history there, but I, I didn't know where they were going with it. Yeah. And uh, I, 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 they banged. That's a, that's a. I've seen. I'm seeing a ghost. I banged. Look. I yeah. I can definitely pick up on that vibe too. I think you're. I think you're right about that. Uh, it, it but it, the way it spirals him is very interesting. Oh yeah. Like, but we like, find out that I mean, so much of his psychology is based on this person, right? So it, it, it was a fascinating look at his psychology. I want to get into like black orders and because when when they give oh, what's this captain? I can't. Vandermeer, I think. Yeah, yeah. When they give him the orders, how do you think Picard or Cisco would have handled those orders? It's a great question because uh, uh, according to Rios, the the threat was that the ship was going to be destroyed. So that means all of his crew members would have been killed. You know, all of his, his crew. And and as they speculate in the episode that because – or at least Rios speculates that they must have told the captain that they were synths. Yeah. There's no reason why he would have agreed to do it because he thought his captain was a good man. And so I guess we should put some more context into what we're talking about here for anybody who's maybe not following along. But basically, we find out that that Rios has had an encounter with a person who looks exactly like Soji. Damn and it's, it was the incident that, that caused his eventual exit from Starfleet, that caused his captain to commit suicide. Uh, it, kind of like the, like one of these like central events in Rios's life that's kind of like shaped and defined him for like the last, whatever it was, nine, ten years, I think they said? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so – and it, we, we, we don't get this information right away. We have to kind of piece it together through Rafi, which is why she's so strong in this episode. It's because she's kind of piecing this together because Rios is shutting down. He's not talking to anybody. But yeah. like we speculated, these holograms that help run the ship for Rios are sort of aspects of his personality, and they're all trying to help her piece it together in a way. I love the little meeting in the, in the holodeck. <laughs> with all the different aspects of the of the Rio's personality together, I love that they don't get along. off the the table from the the tactical. Yeah, I didn't I didn't memorize all their names. <laughs> I didn't either. They're all very strange names, mostly. But also, like like Ian, I can't understand anything he's saying. But wasn't it kind of funny though that they chose to be like, hey, the engineer should be Scottish, <laughs> real uh, thick. I, I love little bits of fan service like that where they're like, yeah, no, that's the kind of fan service I'm good with. I don't like, you know, I don't need to go down the Star Wars road. But like, what I got in Rise of Skywalker was just like over the top grossness. This this was good. This is fine. These little nods, subtle, it's good. I mean, JJ's the king of fan service and. Like, did you – I know we're going off on a tangent, but did you watch the Warwick Davis video that they put out on the internet like a week ago? With I haven't. I, I, I marked it to go back to and watch later. It, it's something that made me smile through the whole – you know, the whole way through with him and his son getting to be Ewoks in a Star Wars movie. But once again, <laughs> that's like a little thing of fan service. And right. There's the Star Trek Patreon or Star Wars Patreon. Tune into that because uh, Tom and I are going to go deep one day <laughs> on and everything. Oh, man. Eventually. Eventually. Trust me. Yeah. Stay tuned. All right. no, no topic is off limits on, 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 this, on this podcast because we, 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 it's, just, it's just a matter of time when we get to it. Uh, let's see. What else? All right, so, oh, uh, you know what? You know what else I was excited about with this episode? Again, it it kind of confirmed what we were thinking. Oh, that Hugh uh, knew seven. That what? That Hugh knew seven, because she asked for him by name when she gets there. Made me so happy oh. that they got to know each other. That that was good too. I, I was I was actually thinking of the fact that by you know by the time Picard gets back on the ship, they figured out that Girardi's the one who kills Maddox, and they did it via confirming with the holograms. <laughs> yeah, so she didn't wipe the hologram at all, and no yeah. one talked to her. Like, 
what are we even doing here? Like, <laughs> somebody died on your ship. You're not going to talk to your emergency doctor? Well, g- 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 again, Rafi does, and it, it, I'm like, good. Rafi figures it out. <laughs> how long has Maddox been dead? Like, I guess it's only been a couple days, maybe. Yeah. And there's I mean, been a lot I, going on. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there's been a bunch of fucking plates. They were just at a Borg queue being yeah, shot exactly. Shit. All right, a lot's been going on. Forgiven. Yeah, no, no, and I think the thing I was really hoping to avoid was, like, some big, long, drawn-out, like, oh, who did kill Maddox kind of scenario. And it's like, okay, cool, we just got to it. And it made in, in a way that makes total sense. Right. And it would have infuriated me if they did that, because it would have just been more shows of them giving us information that, or, you know, characters learning information that we already know. Yeah. In my opinion, that's not great television. Like, no. if we know the answer to something, I don't need to see people figure it out. That's why I hate the Flash so much. But <laughs> oh my god, you watched last night's episode? It's so bad. <laughs> it was one of the worst fucking things I've watched in my entire life. So I was like, bad. "What is going on here? Who cares what's going on?" Like, I was so mad <laughs> at the Flash last night that I almost like quit it immediately. I hear I'm, you. I'm, I'm pretty close. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, so let, let's talk about the scene that you, you, you kind of hinted at, <laughs> and that's uh, Picard calling Starfleet uh, oh. and, and talking to Admiral Clancy and getting an F-bomb in his face. Bothered me more than the first one because I knew it was coming. Right. I knew that the fucking writer was going to double down on his bullshit. Yes. And I... It's... It, Oh, uh, I, I did some re- like the show creator who keeps going on Reddit and shit. Yeah, Chabon. From Columbia. What's that? Maryland. He's from Columbia, Maryland. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, <laughs> I kind of was like, oh, he's a fucking AA brother or Howard County, wherever he lives. <laughs> well, I don't think he lives in LA or AA. Or I don't think he lives in Howard anymore. I'm sure he's out in oh. LA. He's got love for it. You know, he's been to the Columbia Mall. <laughs> he oh went to pizza. Oh, my God. So did you understand Picard's decision to, to contact Starfleet? Because I sort of didn't. No, I felt it was a very bad idea. I Yeah, I agree. I mean, you, you, you're – and maybe – he talk to Girardi first? He does, but I, I I think the only thing, and maybe I'm 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 hoping I remember the order of, of events in the episode. The only only thing I can think of is he didn't quite have all the puzzle pieces together just yet. Like maybe he didn't realize that Starfleet's sort of in bed with the Romulans on this, even if they don't know it. Didn't Rafi say Commander O at some point, like when she's holding the phaser? No, I think I think Rafi believes this. I'm not sure at the time Picard bought all of the conspiracy that that Starfleet was a willing participant in these things. See, I think Picard would trust Rafi more than Starfleet at this point. He's had the falling out with Starfleet. He basically begged Rafi to come on this mission and said, I can't do it without you. Yeah. I don't am not trusting her at that point. No. And, and I'll be honest. Like, I, what she does best. It, it seems like we're, we're still a little vague on, on, um, how complicit Starfleet was in this, if at all, because it, it does seem like O's pulling the strings. But the Admiral contacted O when Maddox was mentioned. Right, exactly. It, it's, once again, it's a Star Trek thing, sixth thing, still. Like, let no. them die. But also, O's commitment to her cause, I respect. Well, sure, I get, I get it, but I, I guess I just don't understand why all Starfleet decisions end up going through Starfleet security necessarily. Like, shouldn't the fleet be the fleet? <laughs> it shouldn't it go to through the Federation president? Well, the, the, I guess they, yeah. I mean, he should have oversight, right? Yeah, he like. Or he or she, I should say. I shouldn't be sexist. Yeah, that's true. We haven't seen the star a Starfleet president since Deep Space Nine. That's true. Uh, Paradise Lost, episode one and two. Boom. That's with the changelings on Earth blowing shit up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. I remember. 
allegedly blowing stuff up. <laughs> oh my god! Don't be all defending the changelings here. Look, the chain. We invaded changeling space. Okay, we encroached, and we brought Klingons and Romulans through. Like we brought a bunch of shit. You know what? To, to quote Admiral Clancy, you need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pro Dominion, and I am not afraid to say it. Oh man. <laughs> so it, we so okay so let's kind of put us where we're at in the show like we again Picard and everybody they haven't put all the pieces together yet they haven't uncovered the the mystery of Rios yet so the so the our crew doesn't have all the information that they need at the at the moment um that's I, I do want to talk a little bit about that that lovely scene with with Picard and Soji though in, in in the dining area in the mess. Oh, oh my God, that was a. Where they talk scene. about Commander Data and and yeah. the way Data was with the, with the crew and how he, uh, and just you know more information about Data and, and Picard's thoughts on him, and I loved how it was Picard is also very introspective about himself and the way that he conveys his emotions and his feelings. Right, and how he used to be, and you know. How- he has problems showing his emotion to people he cares about. Yeah, exactly. And in he kind of like it's, it's almost like in a, in a lot of ways it's, it's sort of a confessional for him in that extent, kind of coming to terms with his his closed offness emotionally. And the, this you know, and I'm kind of underselling Soji's part in the conversation, but she's she's fantastic and lovely in the whole thing. Uh, yeah. But then at the, at the very end when she kind of here's what Picard would want would, would hope that data would think of him and she just says that data uh, loved you it's oh so my god good. it's so it's good so, it, it got me right in the heart I was like oh you're trying to get me Picard you ain't getting me that easy it's it, it, again a, a wonderful lovely scene in the episode you know uh, Patrick Stewart doesn't have a much he doesn't have a ton to do in this episode but what yeah. he does do like that scene alone is is just phenomenal to watch I'm honestly fine with him not having that much because it gives other people a chance to shine. Well, and we needed it too. We, you know, yeah. you know, we had questions about Rafi, like what, like what is she doing here? And you know, obviously Rios has a mystery built around him, so we need to get, kind of get some information out of that. Yeah, and and everybody shines so well. Yeah. It, you know, if you're gonna sideline them, this is the way to do it. Like. If I had just seen like Romulan shit all episode, it's I would have lost my mind. Yeah, oh. the, the, true. The the other thing I wanted to say about that scene uh, quickly though was um, the the actress who plays Soji. Uh, I think her name's Is, Isa Baronis. I think is her name. Uh, yes. Okay. She's she's been great in in the show overall. Uh, but she one has. of the things that's really good about Stewart is that I mean, he, I think if he wanted to, he could just dominate a scene. But he's so good at not at, at letting the person he's in the scene with do their thing as well. Right, right. And I, I, I suspect that is maybe something he learned doing Star Trek because you know obviously he was very Shakespearean coming into that show. Yeah. And, and he had a lot of like TV Hollywood esque actors who you know he probably could have just trampled over with his acting style, but he he learned how to share this how to share a scene with them, and that yeah. that comes out. Perfectly, because she she matches him almost beat for beat. So good. That, that scene is fantastic. Yeah. But the next scene with her and Girardi, when Girardi's asking her questions. Ooh, girl. Don't even get me started on that scene. I was like, can't you ask a better question? Now, what, wait, what is that the same scene, though, where, where, where Soji's like, I wouldn't let you kill me? <laughs> That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's, it's just she's a scientist, and her questions are you basic. Like, what are you doing? Like, Data ate and drank and slept. Like, that's yeah, not I, you're you're not wrong. <laughs> but it, the, the only thing with that scene that I thought was a little strange was. And again, the emotional duress that she was going through at the time is perhaps the reason why. But you know, last week Girardi had no interest in meeting Soji. Right. That's why she's having a mental breakdown because she's all over the place. Well, perhaps her attempted suicide kind of got her back to even keel. 
Maybe. You know, the, the guilt of, of everything. And now that she's oh, been exposed. She murdered a guy. She should feel yeah. guilty. Like, like, let's not. Like, I know she comes in the end of the episode. She's like, I'm done murdering. I was like, why would you believe that? Like, <laughs> that seems like something that no one should believe. Again, a, a few strange beats in the episode. I mean, because, I mean, Picard basically tells her, it's like, we're turning you in when we get to Starbase 12 or Deep Star, Deep yeah. Space, Deep Space 12. And then she comes in later. And she's like, I am going to turn myself in. I was like, yeah, I think Picard decided that already. Don't worry. <laughs> I think they were going to kill you if you didn't. <laughs> so, I mean, again, there's, there's, there's still some hiccups. It's not the smoothest episode. There's some rough spots. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of great stuff, but uh, I was glad you found that, that little um, homing device for the Fenris Rangers. Yes. That was huge. Like, Seven of Nine had given Hugh one. Like, I was like, oh, that ties it up. Now Picard's not just dropping shit on the ground. Oh, really? That's that's what you got from that scene? Yeah, yeah. You did Because isn't he in Hugh's room when he finds it? I thought he found it on, like, the, the catwalk area where Picard was when he first beamed over. See, watching this episode, I assumed it was Hugh's because she asked for Hugh. Like, I wish Hugh had just given it to him. <laughs> My, my assumption on that scene, on the scene, my read was that she, that Seven, just expected Hugh to be there because she knows Hugh's in charge of the cube. But that's an interesting call as well on your on your part. Yeah, see, my I like mine because it makes them have a closer relationship, and you know, it's like a business card for the Rangers. You know, well, and actually, you might be right because I suspect that we're gonna have to have uh, Seven show up with kids. the cube. Yeah, and Picard's gonna have to have his so that she knows where to go. So I think yeah, I think you're right. I think Hugh might have had his own Fenders Ranger. Uh, I can't talk about that. Get out of jail card. <laughs> well, let's, okay, let's let's go back to the cube because you know last time we talked about it, Seven's there. She saves Elnor, but now uh, she's got you know she's gonna kick some wrong in the ass. Yeah. And she does it by by activating the cube in a lot of ways. I mean, she starts reinitializing the the healing factors on the on the cube. You know, all the nanites, which is a great I thought shot. That was awesome. That was, I was awesome. Like, I wanted to see the Romulans panic when it started to regenerate. <laughs> I did too. I was really hoping for more fear. You know that scientist we see at the beginning, where he's like, you know, he was the game master at the top. I wanted to see that guy be like, oh, we gotta get the fuck out of here. Right. I wanted, I wanted to see some activated Borg just start grabbing Romulans at some point. I know they were flushed out, which is sad to me. Yeah, I was, like, oh, I, I was just going to talk about that uh, because I, I, in a lot of ways, this episode just kind of teases you with with like yeah. cool stuff, and it never really delivers because you, uh, you think, we got the Queen of Nine. I was yeah, right last week. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, you're, you're getting ready for all this stuff to happen, and it, it, it never really does, because as soon as a Seven makes the decision to plug in as, like, the – create this mini-collective and become, the, the, the this, you know, like you said, uh, Seven of Queen or whatever the hell you called her. Queen of Nine. <laughs> queen of Nine. Okay. Hashtag Queen of Nine. Well, hashtag Queen of Nine. <laughs> You know, she starts activating the Borg, and you get that great shot of all like the 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 lights activating in their chambers. Oh, it's awesome! But then the Romulans, to their credit, and smartly so, evacuate them all into space. <laughs> so you never get like that great confrontation between the Borg and the Romulans, which would have been amazing. But I guess not voluntarily. Yeah, it not voluntarily responsible. Yeah, because that's how I was thinking. I was like, oh, they don't want to show a bunch of Borg. Like, Borg costumes must cost a lot with all the fucking prosthetics and shit they got to glue on people's faces. Yeah, it's like, we, we can't we can't, uh, we can't, can't afford all those uh, extras. Yeah, I mean, look at all the CGI we're doing in this episode. Like, right. Right. But, and, and again, there's another great scene, though, uh, as, as Seven's kind of manipulating events on, on, the, on the cube, um, where some XBs come online and take down her uh, assistant guy. I don't know why they weren't doing this the whole time. And that was and such a great scene. And you're like, well, and for like half a second, though, you're like, oh, shit, Nerissa's about to get hers. Yeah, and, and she beams out. Uh-huh. And she beams out the last second after – and again, after killing way more XBs than I, w- I would have – I was comfortable with. <laughs> well, my thing was 
it would have been perfect in this episode with her assimilated as a Borg, the way she the way said it, first episode. Yeah. I was like, that would have tied this sh-. Like, I know they need her to move on. That would have just been, like, just a nice, neat little bow on a, con- you know, on an episode. It, 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 I agree, but I, I think you couldn't do that with, with Seven being the queen. I, I, the idea of her forcing someone to assimilation and enslavement is well, not... But it was some like people, ah, they can undo assimilation now. I did like that little scene where, where after the Romulans all leave the cube and Elnor looks and is like, are you going to assimilate me now? Yeah. Like, well, like, I like the part where she's like, I don't know if I'd want to give up this power. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's dark. Oh, well, it, it, no. And even before before she says that line, how she talks about how, the you know, you can't just release the XBs again because they won't want to be released because they take comfort in being part of the collective again. It'll be like it, it'd be like I, I, the way I thought of it in my mind was was uh, like drug addiction. Like when you relapse back into yeah. drug addiction, it'd be setting them back to zero. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not, just really fascinating psychology with 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 that seven character uh, on these on these episodes of Picard. Every episode she's in is just fascinating. Yeah, and you you want so much more. We're not you did. Like it. I said, you you totally got teased because you know they they do that great shot with her eyes going black and everything. Yeah. Like oh, it's on, and then oh, it was I, not on. It's the only time I've ever been like, yeah, get a Borg, assimilate those fucks. <laughs> I know. I was, that's what I was thinking the whole time. I was like, wait a second. Am I rooting for the Borg now? What's happening? I was like, I think we were rooting for assimilation. <laughs> <laughs> we all secretly want to be drones, Reagan. I know. Uh, life would be so much easier. You could just be <laughs> pushing a button. Queen tells you to push that button. You just push it all day long. And then you go recharge in a power station. <laughs> <laughs> you would have been great on Lost. You would have you would have put the code in every time. <laughs> oh yeah, I would have never got bored. I would have been watching movies. Like I was watching Red Dawn before we got on this podcast. Swayze <laughs> killing it. The Swayze. Oh my god, miss him. But oh, that movie's fucking great. Not the remake. The original is fucking great. Yeah, not the remake. Not you know, I love me some Hemsworth, but that's not a good pick picture at all. <laughs> Oh, it's fucking terrible. Like, it made me angry. <laughs> although, although, when they start making remaking all those, there's not many of the remakes I like. Although, I heard you bash on the thing. That remake's not terrible. I mean, it's not it's Kurt not, Russell. Yeah. But also, you mentioned that girl from Sky High. That's what she's known for. She's Royal Pain and Sky High. And if you're, yeah, she's, if you're no. she's from Scott Pilgrim. Uh, she was Royal Pain before Scott Pilgrim. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I don't know about that. Scott Pilgrim always wins in my book. Uh, the best Sky movie High. nobody ever saw. Sky High. Better movie. Mm. How dare you, sir? How dare you? It has Warren Peace in it, who's on The Expanse now. Two kids in the hall. It has okay. The Scott Pilgrim has Brandon Routh and Thomas Jane as vegan police. That's amazing. That's two. <laughs> I just made four awesome things. Wonder Woman is the president or the principal. <laughs> I don't know how we started arguing about this, but this is a much better podcast immediately. Oh, right, I gotta tell you, I gotta, I gotta share something with you. It's a little off topic, but back to what we're talking about with all the all the coronavirus hype, all the coronavirus fear going on. Right. I, I, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't say where I work, but everyone probably knows I work in a grocery store venue. Yes. And uh, the the joke going around around right now is now we find out who the real vegans are. What's <laughs> that? <laughs> because people are fucking desperate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's that bad. I. Oh, man. I mean, people aren't fighting over food necessarily, but it, you know, it's like, you know, come on. Like Walmart was a terrifying place yesterday afternoon, like after I got off work. Like, bread was gone, soup was gone, eggs were gone. Yeah. And like, yeah. I, I, like if you've ever been to a super Walmart, for them to be out of eggs of every shape, size, and form is a terrifying sight. 
Like, for any aisle in Walmart to be empty is terrifying. Like, not, like, fucked up and shitty looking. That's normal. When there is nothing (laughs) on a shelf, that's terrifying. Uh, No, you're right. You're definitely right. Uh, let's talk about, let's kind of fast forward to, 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 to the end, towards the, the, the denouement of this episode. Um, Picard and crew, after talking with, after, after Rafi kind of cracks the code and talks to Rios and everyone kind of reconvenes and we figure out that the synthetics, the synths tried to make first contact, you know, whatever it was eight, nine years ago prior to these events, um, and then got killed for their efforts. Uh, it, we piece all that together, so we, we figure out Rios has, has encountered the new synths. And so they've been around for a bit now. Yeah, they've been around for like a decade. The yeah. fact that one of their names was Beautiful Flower annoyed the shit out of me. I couldn't help thinking of like, a, you know, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. <laughs> well, my thing was like, I thought he said Beautiful Flower referring to Janna, the girl who right. Like, you know, the first watch. And then I was like, wait, there was another like male synth named Beautiful Flower. We've got Dodge, Soji, Janna, and Beautiful Flower as synth names. It it doesn't fit. Maybe they have to pick their own. <laughs> I don't know. I... So she picked the name Dosh and Soji Energy Drink? Well, you know, Lore is a benevolent master. He lets them name themselves. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> like Doc or whatever. The, whatever the Borg says to Riker in Descent Part 1. Oh, I can't wait for that to be the, the tease for the end of the next episode. Lore standing there, a bunch of synths around him. Oh, oh. hey, Picard, what's up, bitch? Oh, my God. I, I would love because They did show Brent Spiner in this episode for a brief second. You gotta, you gotta have a, a quick glimpse of, of, of Commander Data. Yeah, that's right. I feel like I should talk more about these eight suns coming together, but I, I'm not going to because I don't know anything about physics and astronomy. It seems it impossible, seems, but whatever. It seems really hard. <laughs> Especially like thousands of years ago, it seems super, super, super hard. But hey, okay. like you said, in Mass Effect, we just found those relays and just started using them like it was hot fire. That's that well, that's very human of us though. It's like, cool, these guys left this cool shit laying around. Let's use it. Um, let's talk about something that Soji does that's very commander data. She takes control of La Serena with about zero effort at all. <laughs> I really thought she was gonna pick uh Rios up by his neck when he came in. Like after he sings his lullaby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could murder you right now. <laughs> but I did like the way the scene played out where they're trying to build trust with each other. And Soji's trying to be more understanding of where the humans are coming from. And, and yeah. you know, tr- trying to realize you can't do it on our own kind of thing. So yeah. I, the, the scene plays out really well. But it, I, I did make me kind of chuckle a little bit because, I mean... It didn't happen all the time, but I mean, we've seen Data take control of the Enterprise. <laughs> it's not new. One of my favorite episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and like, like he does it in about three seconds. It's not hard. Yeah, and he does it. He doesn't kill anybody. He could just vent everybody into space. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he has the technology. He knows how to do it. Uh, it's 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 pretty wild. Uh, so we, we do get one little tease though that I'm, I'm curious your thoughts on. You know, uh, they open up these Borg uh, subspace. Uh, I don't. They're not called rifts. Just like subspace tunnels. Yeah. All right. Okay. So they're they're going through there so they can cl- they can travel vast differences exponentially faster than c- they could at warp. Yeah. Which leads me to she's a Borg or she has Borg parts. Right. We're still we're still both pretty pretty. Uh, you, I mean, you started at first. I'm not going to take her out, but I'm writing your coattails on it because I, yeah, I'm I, agreeing I, with you. She knows how to use the the conduits. Like she who, who who or what is the ship that follows them into the into the tunnel? Merrick. Oh, it was Merrick. Okay. Yeah, that I mean that's what I think. I was I'm pretty sure it's Merrick. But how did he find them? Oh, because he knows where they're going. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, and yeah, you're right. I don't think they've been moving. I mean, they just started moving, but weren't they just standing still, yelling, you know, talking in the? They didn't, you know, because they they went and picked up a car. Where are they going next? Like they're just kind of floating. I have to. I'm I'm gonna back it up or and see real quick here. They, they they blow that plan real quick. Like they're they're not going to Starbase 12. So whatever reinforcements they were hoping for, they're not getting. Yeah, a little thing that bothers me, they haven't thrown a 47 in there, and that's a Star Trek thing, where everything happens on deck 47, or they go to Starbase 47, and they have. Okay, you you know what? I just, I just rewatched that end scene with. You're totally right. That is definitely Narek ship because it, it decloaks, and I didn't catch that at first. Oh, yeah, I just so. it was narrow because I was like, he can't be like, if he doesn't follow them, how does he get back into this show? Right. Well, I mean, he does know where they're going. Yeah. At least to an extent. And again, we should we should mention that too. We didn't talk about that, but once Seven and Nine and and Elnor re- kind of retake control of the cube, the Romulans do evacuate, and they, but they're on their way to the synth planet. She's she she also says she has dispatched ships already. Yeah. And, but and so, when they so, get there, I hope it's a glory moment when Matthew Broderick's going over that hill and oh it's a fleet and it just wipes the Romulans out in eight seconds. Well, I mean, we do have time because obviously, with the exception of Narek, who's who's tailing Picard, you know, they're gonna get there ahead of time because of the of the of the tunnel, but the rest of the Romulans have to take warp. So the the, the, the Picard and the crew do have a head start. Oh. It's, it's I can't wait to see the synthetic army because they've had ten years to just prepare for war. What if they're all just pacifists? Uh, they nuked the <laughs> shit out of Mars. I mean, I know. But that was Romulan plot. <laughs> oh, case for blood now. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But we are heading into. I mean, that's that's, that's basically how we leave the episode. Though, I, again, before we we finish that up, I should go back to that scene where the crew, where Picard and Rios and Rafi and, and Soji and and Jawardi are are hanging out talking together. I loved the little touch of of Rios bringing over the the mint ice cream and the French fries. Yeah. I thought that was super cool. He's like, no, I do know you, even though I don't know you. You don't make me mad. No one ate the French fries. Just being I was that. I was upset. No one ate the French fries either. I was like, "Oh, those fries look real good." They I did. Those immediately. Those were big, thick-cut French fries, and they looked lovely. Fantastic, and they end up on the floor. No, she gets so mad. I, I was like, she better have put dents in the table. And like, I at first glance, you can't see them. You can see them later on. And I was like, whew. Oh, could you? Okay. Shatter it. Okay. Well, no, that's good. I I I wondered about that. Uh, when I rewatched that scene uh, before before I, I I called you, I was a little. I was like, wait. When she first hits the table, the French fries don't go anywhere. But then you see them on the floor later, and I was like, okay, that's a little weird. But like, they should have like flown up. But I, I'm not gonna eat anybody's lunch about that shit. <laughs> no, I'm not either. Don't worry. Don't worry. Well, I think that that kind of covers everything in this episode, right? You got any notes or anything else you wanted to bring up? The ancient civilization. Yeah. That's not proto Romulans after they separate from the Vulcans. I don't. I don't think because they don't have that technology to move, to move those 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 suns, right? I don't know. That'd be some kind of like pre advanced civilization. Because in Enterprise, they have warp five technology while we're still on one. So they are more tech. So I assume Romulans are also more advanced than us. Uh, but isn't it kind of? It's kind of always been canon that like like warp nine point three or nine point four or something like that's like maximum for everybody, right? I think it's nine six. Nine six, okay. But that that's not. But I'm just saying Romulans had the technology before humans. Sure. I don't know how much because you know. The first time we meet Vulcans in first contact in 2136, I believe. And if that's right, I'm a nerd. Um, Too late. You know, we only have warp one. So they, they, you know, so I'm just saying they're more technologically advanced. They could have moved the suns. But 
just that it was an ancient civilization, I was like, oh, fuck, did they make the Borg? Like, I really thought that's where it was going. Like, I I'm, think they're going to try and sneak that shit in in the next two episodes. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering, because, you know, going, going opening with that flashback scene with the Jad Vash and the prophecy and all that stuff, we still don't really get an indication of exactly how old the Jad Vash are. We still have to go off of what we learned in episode one, which is like, supposedly they're older than the Tal Shiar, but we don't really know that for a fact anymore. Uh, I mean, I just hope that's a Romulan lie. I hope they're 15 years old. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we'll see. I, I, I still kind of like my my theory that the Romulans were creating the Borg and the Jad Vash attempted to subvert them, and then instead they you know, just shot them into the Delta Quadrant. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. All right. This episode was fantastic, though. It, like, was a, it, was, it was a lot of fun. We have really ramped things up in the, in the back half of the season. I'm really mad Seven gave back control of the cube. I really wanted her just to keep it. Well, as, as she said, Annika still has things to do. Yeah. You know what? She can do them faster with a Borg army behind her. She does have a cube, though. That's, that's yeah. nothing to blow your nose at. A regen cube. That's, that's right. That's not a hurt cube anymore. No, I have a, a strong suspicion that that cube will be making its way to the planet of the synths. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. She's not going to fly her busted-ass shuttle anymore. No. It's a good question. How did she get to the cube since her ship did get blown up? I imagine she stole one off that dead chick she incinerated. Like, oh, there you go. Good. That, that, that works for me. I'm okay with that plan. <laughs> I'm sure she found car keys on one of the many, many corpses she walked over as she destroyed that entire organization. <laughs> Very good point. So I, uh, next week's episodes, uh, it's you know episodes nine and ten. They're two part. It's a two parter. You know, it's I forget the name of the episode, part one, and then the next one's part two. Yeah. Uh, and I, I do believe that's where we're gonna get like some kind of like epic, legendary uh, cliffhanger of possibly the reveal of lore. What do you think? It's like best of both worlds. I still remember that today as being almost hurt physically. Oh my god! Yeah, I, I mean, I was a I was a teenager, and yeah. my my heart like stopped. <laughs> that yeah. was you're like Captain, no Captain Picard, and you had to wait like three months. Oh, god, I think it was longer. I think it was like four or five. It wasn't just a summer. I can't remember exactly. I always thought the next gen started later in the year. I always yeah, thought the next gen started in like November. Oh, maybe it was five months. It was a long fuck. Like it was a long, fucking, was a long summer. <laughs> like nothing has crushed me like that. Crushed me because trying to think how I was probably eleven. It was at season three, so that'd be ninety. So yeah, I'd probably be eleven or twelve. I don't know. I was pretty upset when Lord Bowler died and and. Briscoe County before he Briscoe went back in time to save him. God, I can't believe you brought Briscoe County Jr. Briscoe County Jr. is an amazing show. We will do an episode of episode breakdown of that eventually. <laughs> uh, I'd love to watch Briscoe County again. I gotta start searching around. Find me some. I mean, I've watched Burn Notice like fourteen times since it went <laughs> off the air. Briscoe County is amazing. It still holds up. <laughs> Sam Max is my favorite character he's ever played. And that's saying something, because I love Ash. <laughs> Him as Sam Axe, the fact that he didn't get his own show as Sam Axe is fucking criminal. <laughs> USA is cheap. I know, but fuck. It would, just be, it would just be a Magnum P.I. ripoff with Bruce fucking Campbell being hilarious. The, the Sam Axe uh, psych crossover writes itself. So I haven't watched Psych. I haven't got into it yet. Oh, really? I love Psych. Yeah, everyone tells me to get into it. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, right, right. We can go into you into the. We'll do a USA TV, TV show podcast saying. later. <laughs> all right, buddy. Thank you so much, my friend. I'm gonna hit the stop on this recorder over here, oh. if it lets me. Yeah, oh, there it is. It. There we go. All right, we'll continue this madness next week, my friend. All right. Boom. Engage. All right. Big thanks to Reagan there. You can follow this podcast at 
TomCastPopCast on Instagram and Twitter. Email the show at TomCastPopCast at gmail.com. And if you're enjoying the, the work that we're doing here on the TomCast Popcast, you can head, over, head on over to Patreon.com forward slash TomCastPopCast and become an official member of Pophead Nation where you're going to get super cool bonus episodes like the one I'm going to be working on this week for my Patreons. I'm so sorry, my, my friends, that I am uh, a tad behind schedule. Coronavirus has kind of uh, affected my life in, in, in multiple ways. But your special March episode is coming very, very soon. And because I'm so late, you're going to get an extra bonus with it too. Don't worry. I will take care of you guys. Thank you so much, my current Patreons. Thank you to the Aspen Hill Chody, the Batman of Bay Park, Jeff Nail, and the Squidmaster General, Brian Broussard. I flipped you guys' names around. Sorry about that. I'll get the proper order down next time. But the Batman of Bay Park is doing good things. He's got the Ring in Ear podcast going on. If you guys want to be up to date on current events with music, he's got it down pat. And uh, with everything going on, with all, the, all these closures happening around the world, you know, as, as far as businesses and, and, and uh, you know, restaurants and bars and, and, and clubs and, uh, you, know, I don't, you know, movie theaters might be next too, for all we know. Podcasts might be your best source of entertainment. So, so check us out, what we're doing here. Tell your friends about what we're doing on the TomCast podcast. And, and check out what our, what our other friend, Mr. Jeff Nail, and his buddies are doing, his buddy Joey, are doing over on The Ringing Ear. Because uh, podcasts might be the most consistent form of entertainment, excuse me, the most consistent form of entertainment you're going to get uh, for a little while now with everything shutting down around us. Uh, anyways, let's wrap it up. I hope you guys are taking care of each other, washing your hands, not touching your faces, not touching each other's faces. And uh, we're going to get through this together, and I'm going to be here continuing to provide, hopefully, uh, entertaining content for you guys. And hopefully, we'll have Roger here too, if, assuming uh, he hasn't tested positive for anything. And assuming I haven't. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Thank you guys so much for your listening, for all the love, all the support. We will be, we will be back very, very soon. Ciao, babes. Make it so. We're not going to be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions!